The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. In virtual worship, our sanctuary empty, we gather this autumn Sunday, 2020. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. The liturgy, music, and sermon are offered in the praise of God for our virtual congregation through WBUR 90.9 FM and our listenership now and later at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership, ministry, and service in our midst. And as the spirit moves, and when and as it is again permitted and safe to do so, your presence with us here in worship. Today's service of worship includes the greeting and sermon new this week, recorded on September 1st, along with music and liturgy rebroadcast from earlier services. Although our nave is empty, the music is full. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.
pray. Grant us, O Lord, to trust in you with all our hearts, for as you always resist the proud who confide in their own strength, so you never forsake those who make their boast of your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives with you, you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the book of Exodus, chapter 12, verses 1 through 14. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall mark for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the tenth of this month they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat of it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a year old male. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembled congregation of Israel shall slaughter it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on, put it on the two doorstops and lintel the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the lamb that same night. They shall eat it roasted over fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted over the fire with its head, legs, and inner organs. You shall let none of it remain until morning. Anything that remains until the morning, you shall burn. This is how you shall eat it. Your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord, for I will pass through the land of Egypt that night. And I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals. And on, on, all the, uh, on, on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you. When I strike the land of Egypt, this day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate, you shall celebrate it as a festival of the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Romans, chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 149 with the Antiphon. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the faithful. Let Israel be glad in its maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with victory. Let the faithful exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their couches. Let the high graces of God be in their throats and two-edged swords in their hands. To execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples. To bind their kings with fetters and their nobles with chains of iron. To execute on them the judgment decreed. This is glory for all his faithful ones. Praise the Lord. for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel.
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. Glory to you, O Lord. If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, If two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Keep a clean wind blowing through our hearts, gracious God. Keep a warm wind blowing through our hearts, gracious God. Keep a liberal wind blowing through our hearts, gracious God. Keep a summer wind blowing through our hearts, gracious God. Matthew 18, 15 to 20 involves communication, especially in the practice of forgiveness and community, with precise advisements, directions, and instructions. Presence is important. Listening is important. Voice is important. Collegiality is important. Second tries are important. There is no mention of technology, neither that of the first nor that of the 21st centuries. Forgiveness is personal, human, spirited, and real. It requires human, not subhuman, communication. And, as we shall see next week, forgiveness includes forgiving yourself. We can note, to our possible discomfort, the scriptural root and basis for the religious practice following unsuccessful mediation of shunning one antique but scriptural response to such an issue is the practice of shunning another sermon for another day. In verse 15, Matthew begins to give advice about how to live in community. Community involves difference and can also involve hurt. Communication makes community. Matthew's Jesus teaches us to speak to each other in our presence and not of each other in our absence. To speak to each other in our presence, not of each other in our absence. Some time ago I received a triangulating email. It came from the leader of an organization I dislike, seeking support for a person I do like. I loathe the one and love the other. The triangulation in the communication forced me either to support an organization I do not like or to disappoint a person I do like. What do you do in such a situation? The kinder approach from the organization might have been a visit or a phone call in which sensibilities could be explored. But now there is the e-document, email, eternal, irretrievable, international, indelible, and hence the tangled triangle. It would come to take three hours or more to unbind and loosen that knot. 
You know, there was a time when people had to come and see you before they complicated your life so. I think on inquiry, though, that Matthew 18:15 teaches me, perhaps teaches us, how to respond. I should not send a steaming reply, tempting as that would be. I should not reply from a distance at all. I should go and see my interlocutor. I should make a visit to the author of such an email and find a way through the horns of the dilemma, the skilla of support for an organization I dislike, and the charybdis of hurt to a person I do like. A cartoon this week pictures a man saying to his friend, I used to call people, then I got into emailing, then texting, and now I just ignore everyone. Get things moving, people of God. Get the community talking and walking together. In verse 16, Matthew quotes from Deuteronomy 19, that is, he goes back to the basics, back to the starting point, the Hebrew scripture, the Old Testament, back to kindergarten, if you will, as many are going back this week. Read again Robert Fulgham's All I Really Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. Get things moving in the community. Get people walking together. In verse 17, Matthew provides a further suggestion to use if the earlier ones fail. Tell the whole church, his Jesus says. We are clearly hearing overtones of what was needed in Matthew's community toward the end of the first century. Jesus may well have taught in such fashion, though the use of a Greek word like ekklesia twice here probably indicates this is later material placed on Jesus' lips. But the import remains. Gather the community for deliberation. Get things moving in the community. Get people walking, talking together. In verse 18, Matthew strongly affirms the lasting power of such community considerations even saying, similar to our reading two weeks ago in the phrase, the keys to the kingdom of heaven, that what is bound on earth is bound in heaven. What is forgiven on earth is forgiven in heaven. Get things moving in the community. Get people walking together. In verse 19, two or three, when truly together, suffice to form a judgment. Our English words symphony and pragmatic are rooted in the Greek here for agreement and matter. Get things moving in the community. Get people walking together. In verse 20, to conclude, the gospel further celebrates the precious joy of common life in the present, in the here and now, and it only takes a few. Wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am as well. Get things moving in the community. Get people walking together. As our friend and colleague, Dean Mary Elizabeth Moore, wrote this week, breathe in the spirit of life, breathe out your best selves, breathe in the newness of the year, breathe out your deepest hopes, breathe in possibility, breathe out acts of compassion and justice. Yes, a, a liberal breeze is blowing all about us. The farm stand up the road from us summer by summer offers vegetables and fruit as the summer season evolves. Beans, peas, berries to begin and corn, tomatoes, squash to follow. They make their own maple syrup candies from the spring syrup. It's a family operation, careful in cleanliness and presentation and pricing and in conversation. 
for all the pandemic changes, the pandemonium of policing troubles, the pugilism of the presidential context, contest of about equal balance, by the way, in our county. Our farm stand is an oasis of unchanging grace, natural abundance, civil discourse, and especially delicious foodstuffs. A woman waited on me with mask and distance and hand sanitizer, bringing out blueberries and two dozen ears of corn, half butter and sugar, half yellow, all melt in your mouth, yummy good. They now take a credit card, but when asked if they preferred cash, said, thank you for asking. No, now with this special whatever it is, metal clip or other, either one is fine. Carefully mowed lawn, decidedly smart packaging, good pricing, though not cheap, signage at a quarter mile radius, north, south, east, and west, and happy eye contact welcome at the counter. A natural grace, at least 50 years in service, a still summer point in the soon-to-come autumn turning world, and a liberal summer breeze blowing across the lawn. Yet, however, nevertheless, sin embargo. The stand is at the southeast corner of the intersection of routes 26 and 12B. In June of 1966, as we were preparing to move from Hamilton all the long way north, all 16 miles north to Oneida, an itinerancy at the time grave and global to the 11-year-old psyche, a woman was nearly killed at the crossing. In a brand new car dressed for celebration, she was driving south to her own high school reunion, had the green light and the right of way, and was hit by a drunk driver, the car obliterated. My father was still the minister in town, and I can remember the horror of the incident and his visits to the little then new town hospital through her recovery. Just a few years ago, by happenstance, I came to know her family as dear close friends. Natural grace, but a stone's throw from highway carnage in drunk driving. And why? Whence the drunk driving? We could speculate about the young man in the truck, a life of milking early and late every single day, perhaps, 12-hour days, perhaps, low-income, limited possibilities, perhaps, the forgotten folks left to tend the sheep while the shepherds went off to the city temple, perhaps. Lurking there beyond my younger capacity really to see was the vast historical conspiracy of these United States against the full humanity of poor white people in the fields and harrows of cultural life. White children make up the largest racial group of poor children in America, 4.2 million. Natural grace along that lawn, but a stone's throw from class discrimination in income, housing, education, health care, and respect. On the northwest corner of the same intersection, nestled against the shoreline of Leland Pond, there was and still is a mile by half mile quadrangle of vegetable farming owned by others. In autumn each year, there would arrive for about three weeks a traveling company of African-American workers whose children would come to our school for those weeks. They started in northern Maine earlier in the year and just followed the advancing harvest south, leaving our little town for the next stop in Pennsylvania, and then following the Susquehanna River further down into Maryland. 
I could see the families walking row by row, gathering the cabbage and other vegetables. The film Cider House Rules, decades later, gave a bit of further insight. Lurking there, beyond my younger capacity really to see, was the vast historical conspiracy of these United States against the full humanity of black folks, a conspiracy still deeply rooted in the fields and harrows of cultural life. Black children make up the highest percentage rate by race in poverty in this country, 33%. Natural grace along that long, but a stone's throw from systemic racism in employment, housing, education, healthcare, and policing, policing. How on earth did the rightful longings and lost dreams of poor white people on the southeast corner of that in in intersection get opposed to the rightful longings and lost dreams of the poor black people on the northwest corner of that intersection? How on earth did the rightful longings and lost dreams of poor white people on the southeast corner of that intersection get opposed to the rightful longings and lost dreams of the poor black people on the northwest corner of that intersection? Excellent work, Wormwood, you devil you. You make your uncle screw tape so proud. Take heart, dear souls, take heart. A liberal br breeze is blowing all about us. There is a new day coming. This cleansing summer wind blows away the spurious, silly, hate-filled attempts of national leaders to set at odds the urban and the rural, the manufacturing and the agricultural, the city and the country, the heartland and the coast. What ridiculous falsehood. Child piano lessons I took were given by a farm wife who then returned to the barn. Sermons early on in ministry were endured by men who had been milking at 4 a.m. and were glad for a nap at 11.20 a.m. come Sunday in church. Our best parishioners then and later knew the backbreaking labor of haying and took on our teenage sons year by year for such a week's summer work. One September evening, we left a magnificent meal in the farm kitchen to help with and see the birth of a calf in the barn next door, then to return to the table for dessert. In August, one parishioner rode her horse to church in those years. The idea, the flagrant false idea, that these saints are marks to be conned into belief by pseudo-leaders who have not a whisker of belief themselves is absurd. The idea that these good people are sitting ducks to be convinced to hate on the basis of race, to control on the basis of gender, to reject on the basis of ethnicity, nationhood, income, education, or accent, the thematic thrust of some recent political discourse is as appalling as are its spokespeople. The dairy farmers we knew would have been inclined to take care of them, refine their education, shall we say, perhaps out behind the barn in no uncertain terms. Of all my homiletical regrets and failings, this one stands out in this season. As one who has lived half his life in great city streets and the other half in great country meadows, I have somehow failed to make clear our lived experience that, when it comes to faithful people, urban and rural, there is so little lasting difference. It is a hoax. 
It is a hoax. And yet somehow, and I, I and others who know better, have not been able yet to make that case and make it stick. Rural people are not sexist rubes, racist dunces, greedy materialists, or fundamentalist flakes. Urban people are not pers permissive snowflakes, flighty nincompoops, unrealistic and clumsy airheads, any less interested in law and order and prosecution for wanton property destruction or celebrants of Willie Horton. You are being conned, America. You are being conned. Take care to think through with care just who benefits from such faults, adroitly engineered division. Again, shades of Wormwood and his affectionate uncle. The best good people in the city and in the country can know each other in spirit in a heartbeat. They would know each other in a New York minute and enjoy each other until the cows come home. They would know each other in a New York minute and enjoy each other until the cows come home. I pause to point out to budding preachers the structure and phrasing of that sentence, New York, cows, sea. Say what you say by the way you say it. Say what you say by the way you say it. Such saints would, can, and will happily greet each other on this side or on the farther home side of glory with a Methodist handshake in heaven. And for all of us, it's later than we think, and heaven, new creation, glory is closer than we ever fully project or expect. Around us is blowing a gentle summer wind, a lasting liberal breeze. While creation groans and while love suffers long and is kind, we shall need a little of the third person of the ancient trinity along the way. A liberal breeze, a liberal breeze. By the way, the asperity with which the Holy Scripture summarizes creation is only matched by the asperity with which the creeds of the church summarize creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, period. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, period. Scripture and creeds say what reason and experience know. We have the brute fact of the brute creation, period. The rest of the Holy Scripture, all 65.9 other books and the rest of the creed, the long second paragraph and the shorter third, go on from there. The love of God comes accompanied by faith and hope. Creation is the occasion of love, but does not occasion love, does not occasion faith in love, and does not occasion a hope for a loving future. God is love is profoundly about the second person of the Trinity, the Christ of God, not about the first person of the Trinity and the creation of God. Creation alone will never get us to heaven. In pandemic, it will take the second person of the Trinity to get us free from the fallen creation of the first, guided hourly by Ruach, Pluma, the spirit, the wind, the liberal breeze of life. In a moment, we will hear again the ancient liturgy for Eucharist. We are not together to receive together the bread and cup, but we are together in relationship by memory in hope through prayer. And with a little imagination, with eyes closed and hearts open, we might allow the familiar ancient prayers of communion to bring us into 
communion. So travel with a little imagination. Imagine Eucharist at Marsh Chapel. Stand to sing. Pause to reflect. Step out into the aisle. Look at and look past Abraham Lincoln and Francis Willard. Receive cup and bread, bread and cup. Kneel at the altar to pray. Stand in communion with the communion of saints. Here is the bread and cup of friendship. Imagine, if you are willing, your own funeral, say, right here, and a congregation reciting together a creed, a psalm, a hymn, a poem. Imagine, if you are willing, a congregation currently in diaspora, but just now, by the word spoken, a gathered and thus addressable community, you and I and all together. Keep a clean breeze blowing through our hearts, gracious God. Keep a warm breeze blowing through our hearts, gracious God. Keep a liberal breeze blowing through our hearts, gracious God. Keep a summer breeze blowing through our hearts, gracious God. Amen.
the work before us, the life within us, the fellowship among us, thy love that surrounds us, we give thee thanks, O Lord. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray in Christ. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
May the sun show warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes, God's hand to you. The blessing of God Almighty, creator, redeemer, sustainer, be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. <laughs>